0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast with me, your host, Pete Brooker. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about mixology. We lift the lid on what it takes to be a disc jockey. How do the professionals mix different genres of music such as trance, dance and hip-hop? What is a drop? What is pitch control? What is... What is what now? Uh, that's not what mixology is. What? Mixing drinks? Like Tom Cruise? Oh? Okay, sure. <laughs> So we're talking about the art of bartending, which apparently is the real definition of mixology. We'll be speaking to Andy Shannon, one of London's leading bartenders, who last month was involved in creating the official BAFTA's cocktail collection with Grey Goose Vodka. As well as the BAFTA's after party, Andy also gives away his secret skincare recipe that he says has made him look at least six months younger.
1: So I was using an ingredient that was used in the wild that you need get more five times more vitamin c than you would from a lemon um i use fresh lime juice i use a ginger syrup using that for the idea of the antitoxins and honey as well also something you would find it one in the world and, and has lots of great properties for your health
0: we're also going to be speaking to walter Pintus, the head barman at the connaught who tells us all about the martini trolley and the newly introduced wet t-shirt competitions held in the champagne
2: bar and yes, so basically it's very interactive, very interesting for the customers an experience, really, uh, not to be missed at the corner. Lastly, we speak
0: to our grooming editor, Raquel Marici. She tells us all about the origins of the aperitif and why she recommends at least five pints of Guinness for a liquid lunch.
3: You go home completely full. I use it as my dinner.
0: All that to come. But before we crack on, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're not there already, then head over to the website www.menswearstyle.co.uk. That's where you'll find all the show notes and features and competitions. Make sure you like us on the social at Menswear Style. Download the Menswear Style app at the App Store. Lastly, Subscribe to us in iTunes by typing in menswear Style into your search bar. Leave us a comment, review, or if you'd like to get involved, email me at peter at menswearstyle.co.uk. Okay, we should say up front, we did try and get hold of Tom Cruise for the podcast, but uh, he's very, very hard to get hold of if you don't have his email, phone number, or home address. Without any further ado, pour yourself a stiff one and enjoy this. This is the interview with Andy Shannon, head of bar operations at the London EDITION Hotel. I'd like to introduce to the podcast Andy Shannon, head of bar operations at the London EDITION Hotel. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm very good. How are you, Peter? I'm oh, brilliant. Thanks for joining me, Andy. Uh, My pleasure. tell us a little bit about yourself, please, and how you got into the trade.
1: Okay. Um so I started off uh 8 years ago. I used to be a graphic designer actually. Um was working as a graphic designer, doing a bit of bartending part time and started working at a, a, a small little bar in Cornwall um, and just kind of found it fun and interesting. I was getting to be creative, but also talking to people. Whereas when I was designing, I was kind of a little bit isolated. Whereas you're in a bar, you're talking to lots of different people and being creative with drinks. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I did that. And then I moved to London to a bar called Caloo Quite a cool little bar in East London. So.
0: Know it very um, well. It's got that little <coughs> hidden back room, hasn't it? You go through the wardrobe. Uh,
1: yeah. Exactly that, yeah. Through the wardrobe, and then you've got a a little bar upstairs, which used to be called the Jub Jub, but they've just changed. Um, So I was working there for a little bit, and then I moved over to the the London edition to um, be the bartender at the place called the Punch Room. So we've got a number of bars. Um, We've got the Punch Room, we have a lobby bar, and then we've got the the restaurant, which is called Burnish Tavern as well. And then, yeah, I've been here for three years, so I moved from bartender, head bartender, and then uh, head of bar
0: operations. Okay, great. Did you get headhunted for the gig, or did you uh, go for an interview?
1: Um, yeah I, I interviewed for it it was it, at that time I was kind of I, I'd left one position and I was looking for a new big opportunity <clears throat> excuse me um, somewhere that I could actually kind of be for a few years that, that would give me a, a kind of platform to do something really cool mm-hmm. um, and yeah came in had a had a very short interview which is great and then yeah
0: started not long after awesome. um, and so tell us a little bit about the BAFTAs please so you did the the cocktail menu for the BAFTAs and you worked there tell, me, tell yeah. us about that <clears throat>
1: So we, we were a, a kind of approached as a number of different hotels, or um, with a, a specific inspiration we had to work with. So Grey Goose came to us and said, "This is your inspiration." So mine was against all odds, um, and then I had to basically use their vodka, create a drink based on that. So it was really cool. We had a nice kind of brief, knew the product we were using, and then we're, we're, was able to go off and create anything I wanted from that that small brief. So I, I used the idea of um, against all odds and looked at the idea of survival. Mm-hmm. So my drink used uh, pine needle tea. So I was using an ingredient that was used in the wild that you get more, five times more vitamin C than you would from a lemon. Um, I use fresh lime juice. I use a ginger syrup, using that for the idea of the antitoxins and honey as well. Also something you would find it one in the wild and, and has lots of great properties for your health. Um, Mix that as a drink that, uh, yeah, it was again, yeah, inspired by the idea of being against all odds, but took it more specific to the idea of survival.
0: And when you say Against All Odds, I take it you're referring to the nineteen eighty four film with Phil Collins. No. no. Oh no, he wasn't in the film. Was he in the film or was he just no, singing about it? He,
1: he, I think he was in it briefly. Ah. <laughs> that was the American football one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were no, it was Jackie was one of the films, like, obviously she lost her husband and how she fought against it. And they were all inspired in slightly different ways, in other words about space travel and how they're abandoned and yeah, how how you survive in different different aspects of of life, really. That was kind of my take on it, anyway. The uh-huh. idea they were having to work against all odds, but I used it in terms of survival, and then twisted it on another, another little bit in the idea of sort of um wildlife survival. And uh, the drink was called the Bear Necessities, mm-hmm. so I was using the idea of yeah, again jungle jungle book mm-hmm. film film theme although it wasn't any anything to do with any of the films that I had um, my inspiration from um and Bear Grylls so we did the spelling slightly differently and um yeah. we, we're looking at it in terms of it being Bear grills. I couldn't really tie in Ray Mears but otherwise I would have probably done that as well <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> okay so what was the actual night like itself so you've got the cocktails you've got the menu um how did it all go did it go to plan
1: it was amazing. Um, so we we kind of running up to it had to do a little bit of press. We kind of created this amazing video, um, which each of the bartenders from the, the different bars and hotels worked on. And then when we went to the the awards, it was really nice because we were able to relax, see all the drinks going out, and actually just kind of enjoy the fact that people were, for, drinking our drinks. At a really beautiful venue, and yeah, it was it was great.
0: Cool. Uh, so I mean, you I've been to a couple of these sort of gigs before, and normally the cocktails are all there prepared. Uh, yeah. in mass basically so no one's yeah. running around frantically looking for rice and going down the yeah. off-license to get more grey yeah. goose you know yeah um. Did you have a team of people working under you and do they then kind of farm out the, the cocktails as and when?
1: Yeah, they they had a team that was already briefed and had already kind of, as you say, because kind of batching is a big thing when, you, when you're working on such a large event with so many people and you want to make sure things are running smoothly. So everything's kind of designed. Not even think about it as a bartender. I was thinking about that when I was creating the drink, that it needed to be something that could be created en masse and could be created um, consistently. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy, the... Because I, I, I used to work in a bar, uh, actually a cocktail bar down in Liverpool Docks. Yep. Uh, and one thing that I learned very quickly was that your memory had to be amazing <laughs> in yeah. terms of you almost had to go to memory school because not only do you have to remember the cocktails, but you, when you're working in a bar and you're about three or four people deep in a bar, yep. uh, you have to give everyone a certain amount of eye contact just so that they know that, you're, that you've clocked them. And yep. and they're at the bar and they're waiting. They don't think that they're just in some kind of disorderly pile, and they're going to be there for half an hour until someone actually clocks eye contact. So yeah, it's true. How many cocktails do you know in terms of memory wise, and oh and how often do you get tested?
1: <laughs> um, to be honest, it's it works differently at every different bar. Some some bars will do kind of big tests on lots of classics. You know, you'd probably be looking at a couple hundred that you're you know you're you're working around, but lots are based on you know a handful of drinks that are all slight twists on those drinks um we test our team on a regular basis for the drinks that that we have the 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 kind of our modern classics are our our original cocktails and when you Um, say
0: test i reckon you call them up at four o'clock in the morning and then ask them to recite it
1: Oh, well, I wouldn't have to call them they'd be leaving they'd be leaving work at that time. <laughs> <laughs> we finished quite late, so it's slightly different um, <clears throat> no we 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 sit down it'll be on a it'll be a set sort of uh, almost like an exam at school, but fairly simple. They have a kind of a pretty much a blank sheet, and they have to fill in the gaps pretty much just to yeah. show that they are that are aware and then there'll be further tests when they're actually making the drinks for us, so we can actually see them and taste them and see how they work. Um, part of what you were talking about as well is you know it's it's not just about the memory of the drinks it's the memory of the people and remembering Mm. who's at your bar one so that they know that they're being looked after uh, but also remembering regular guests so remembering people's names and where they work and what they're interested in what they like to drink and Mm -hmm. that's a big thing especially in a hotel
0: bar well that's when you know you've arrived in life especially is when the the barman the head barman knows your cocktail has your seat has your glass knows how many ice cubes you want what kind of tumbler Um, exactly And I mean, also, uh, just to touch upon the service thing, not only is it eye contact and memory, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they said when you uh, go to a bar, you don't necessarily remember the cocktail, you don't necessarily remember the the barman's name, but you do remember the experience, how they made you feel. And that exchange is almost more important than perhaps, you know, you'd be willing to wait an extra 10 minutes just to get that level of service. Would you agree? Yeah,
1: totally. I, I think that's something that can be forgotten in some bars, especially when people get far too deeply into the cocktail. To be honest, you've got to remember why you're there and it's people are out to have a nice time. You want to make sure they're having a delicious cocktail or, mm. you know, just a, a nice vodka and soda or glass of champagne or whatever it might be. But the the point is, it's how you make them feel, as you said. And, and that can be pouring that, 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 that simple drink, but spending some time and having a conversation. They'll, they'll go away feeling as great as they would have. Or even better than they would have if you'd spent ten minutes looking down and concentrating on the cocktail and not thinking about them. So, it's trying to remember. It's you know, it's about people. And that's and the bit th- I like about the industry as well.
0: That's a bit I like, and that's a bit I <clears> always <throat> take away from any cocktail yeah. bar. A, yeah. I, I like a good cut glass tumbler. I don't like anything <laughs> yeah. flimsy in my hand. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't want to yeah. throw any cocktail bars under the bus yeah. here, but there is a cocktail bar that I I did frequently attend, and the cocktails were delicious. The decor was great. The service was impeccable. Yeah. The glasses yeah. were absolute crap
1: <laughs> yeah detail, details are important it's, I don't, I don't, um making sure the bartender's you know clearing making sure that the area is clean for you as well but we're, we're especially here and uh, like the service we like is, it's about the communication with it that the guys you know some people people will forgive you maybe um we we use you know handcuff block ice we use you know lots of really nice ingredients but people will forgive you some of that if you're spending a bit more time with them I yeah
0: i i think it's just the receptacle i believe every drink has yeah. its own receptacle, no matter what the drink might be. It's and true. It's and true. if you don't have it in your, you know, the designated receptacle right. that that drink yeah. was born to be in and to be drunk yeah. out of, yeah. then what's the point? The whole thing just ends right at the death, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, just falls it can the be an interest.
1: To... We'll we, we sometimes find, and it's, it's bad to stereotype, but you do sometimes find uh, a guy order a drink and guys are a little bit more so than women and they get a kind of dainty looking cocktail because that's kind of how it's been designed and that's how you want it to appear and it's the kind of right volume and everything about it looks like right mm. and sometimes their perception of it is like, oh no, no it's not very manly is it And I'm like, no. my kind of justification of that is always uh, james bond that always kind of gets people around to the idea i'm like james bond drank martinis it, that that's that's what you'd call a girly looking glass and it's definitely not so i guess is the nice this is the nice thing that um it's it's all objective to a certain point we all have different flavors we have but it was true we all have different things that we like to drink in
0: yeah i hear you i'm gonna try and remember the ingredients for the vespa cocktail now uh you know the Vesper. i'd take it i, I do yeah. right okay okay yeah. bear with me a sec so it's the vespa is three part gordons one part gin no no three part vodka one part gin thin slice of lemon peel oh chile uh Kile lile Kele, lile But well done. You can't buy Keena Lille anymore, can you? That's it.
1: Exactly that. Yeah. So there was a high. It used to have a higher like quinine content. So a lot of places they still they do Lille, but it's a lot lighter. Yeah. Some people are using a mousse called Cocky um, Americana, so it's going to be a little bit bigger, which kind of stands up. It's you know it's it's one of those things. It's just funny when people do come in. They you know they specific. They don't want the drink. They might not like gin, they might not like vodka, but they'll order it just because it's uh, James Bond.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, I'm such a cliche. Um... No, 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 it's
1: not. It's it's fun, but that's part of it. it. You know, you go out and you're kind of
0: trying something you wouldn't normally try, I guess. Andy, uh, we've got to talk about, or we don't have to, but we want to talk about the award season cocktail menu. So uh, just tell us a little bit about that. What is the award season cocktail menu? So,
1: again, we we have the, the drink that each person, we created this menu based on all these different inspirations that I talked about before. So mine was against all odds. So there are five different drinks, if I remember rightly. Um, so my drink, uh, the bare Necessities, one I mentioned before, that's actually going to be going on, uh, or is on our menu in Bear Tavern, our restaurant um, at the hotel. And each other bar or bartender will have their drink on their menus as well.
0: I see great and um, uh, it's all London centric basically so we can all find it uh, in your hotel pretty much yeah yeah fantastic well uh, I'd love to come down and uh, and try it all out you Um, really should (laughs) lastly Andy how many times do people quote the movie cocktail to you lines from the movie (laughs)
1: not not enough times no okay and (laughs) do you know how to make a red eye I do you do it used to be uh, it used to be a punishment at one of my bars for um if you if you drop something so if you broke a glass or you uh, you dropped a cocktail, you'd uh, you'd you'd have to you'd get called out for it. So someone would shout red eye at you, and you'd have to uh, uh, they'd make it, and you'd have to you'd have to sink that red eye. So it's beer, isn't it? A red eye.
0: Isn't a red eye like a beer and tomato juice fused together? Beer, tomato, spice, and in a whole egg. That's right. Yeah, it.
1: yeah I don't think it ne- necessarily in cocktail had the the spice in it, but it's it's nicer with
0: the spice. <laughs> I, I I did something like that for an article, and I'm trying to remember. Did they actually invent it? in the film or did they think, augment it slightly i think
1: they might have you know yeah. um, i yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not an expert on the film, even though I've watched it a lot of times. But oh. <laughs> I, know, I know the drink, but I don't know where. Where it. Whether it, it was invented for it or not. I, I
0: think.
1: I think a few drinks on when he did the. Uh, the poem when he stood up and he's talking. I think there's a few made-up ones in that as well.
0: I am the last
1: barman poet. Yeah, the last bartender poet. Thank
0: you. Uh, the is last that bartender, bartender poet, poet. <laughs> or the last poet bartender. I don't know one of the two. <laughs> the Singapore slang, the dengaling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Crikey, (laughs) blimey, I am going to go away and watch that film. Yeah, you should. And then, (laughs) and then before this gets released, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so I can uh, re-edit all. Brilliant. Andy, I could talk to you for hours, but you've um, you've been really gracious with your time. Thanks so much, and um, I will certainly pop down to the London edition at some point. Please come in and have a drink. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you, Andy. Cheers, Peter. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Andy Shannon there, and now time for a word from our sponsor america you're just devoted to every flavor i've got but if you want to get loaded
1: why don't you just order a shot
0: Have you ever been in a nightclub where people chant for poems? Talk about far-fetched. Okay, moving on, we're going to have a word with Walter Pintus now, head barman at the Connaught Hotel. Welcome to the podcast, Walter Pintus, the head barman at the Connaught Hotel in London. How are you doing today, Walter?
2: I'm very well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me today. (laughs) Our pleasure.
0: Walter, tell us a little bit about yourself, please, and how you got involved with the Connaught.
2: Well, um, I joined London uh, about six years ago um, on the research of the, the perfect job, really. Um, basically, at the beginning, was uh, mainly about the language and, uh, and uh, learn a little bit um, about, about cocktails and mixologists. Uh, I had the, the luck to, to work in some of the best property in London, like uh, One Old Witch, the Ritz Hotel, and uh, finally end up uh, uh, at the condo as a head barman about two years ago.
0: Excellent. And, and what's it like, the day-to-day runnings of the Kanawha? What's your average day like?
2: Well, um, we're running a very, very busy operation. Uh, definitely, we do high volume, but uh, into the high volume, we implement uh, um, uh, a good service, I believe, um, a good personality, good interaction with our guests. And is, uh, is, uh, day by day, is always a, a good challenge uh, to, to satisfy all our customers and meet their expectation, really.
0: Okay, so uh, like at the start of a day, for example, you I imagine you set up the bar. Do you have a little sit down with the other mixologists, the other barman, say what we're going to do today, how we're going to set out the menu? Yeah,
2: well, normally we have a little briefing at the very beginning of our shift. Uh, that's uh, normally happens around the, around the three o'clock. So before the shift, we get ready, we get motivated. If there's something to in particular to be delivered, uh, we discuss through. Um, obviously, the Maison Plus is uh, is something very important for us. So we have uh, we have a morning person which uh, uh, only takes so of the Maison Plus of our infusion syrups, bitters. Sorry, but what's the Maison Plus? Maison Plus, so is the our setup. So sorry, I'm using a French uh, French word. But... No, it's okay. I, I... <laughs> so it's our setup, which is uh, which is uh, pretty much uh, 90% of uh, of, uh, of what we do. Really, um, without a up, a good setup, we won't be able to to deliver uh, to our guests. So uh, our morning person is uh, is the person that hands over to us, um, updating us for 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 all the uh, all all what's going on in the bar. Really, okay. So it's very important and uh, and uh, for us. Uh, um, you know, makes our, our life easier, let's put it in this way.
0: Yeah. So you got three bars there, um, I believe, at the Connaught. Is it the Champagne Bar, the Connaught Bar and the Coburg Bar? Is that right?
2: Yes, that's right. That's and do right. you
0: oversee all of these bars and how do they differentiate?
2: Well, um, mainly it's um, my... Uh, we have a director of mixologists which overlooks the three bars, which is Agostino Perrone. I'm sure you, you heard about it. Of course. Um, well, probably one of the stronger personalities in the industry nowadays. Uh, he overlooks the all the, the three bars um, and and I, I just uh, uh, look after the Connaught bar. I see. Uh,
0: so tell us a little bit about the Connacht bar and in particular, I want to know about the Martini trolley that I tried when I was last there. Could you just tell, tell the listeners, please, a little bit about the Martini trolley?
2: Well, Martini is, uh, is something uh, you have to experience once you, you come at the Connaught The, the Connor Martini uh, as you might have seen, it's uh, it's something very interactive, very personal, uh, and that's uh, and that's really the the purpose of it. Um, we have a selection of different essences, um, five six different flavors that we um, we designed and we created the connot. Um, and, and the guests uh, get to choose one of these essences according with their uh, preference, of course. So in this way, we kind of personalize the experience of the guests. The martini is obviously executed at the table um, to to deliver also a little bit of tri- theatrical uh, um, uh, scene of it. And um, and yes, yeah, so, so basically it's very interactive, very interesting for the cast. it's An experience really uh, not to be missed at the corner.
0: It's the long pause that I think. Um is what you're referring to as the theatrics. When you do the long pause and the bottle gets raised above your head and yet it somehow miraculously all lands within one very, very small... Window. Oh, yeah, so yes, oh, uh, yes. So what if, What? I know it's subjective, but really what can you recommend in terms of the bitters and the blends that will go into a martini and maybe like even your personal favourites, but what, what do you think people should be asking for or looking for when they order a martini?
2: Well, it's... Um, obviously, you know, you're looking for a perfectly balanced drink, um, but... Um, i think the flavors it's uh, it's really up to to your taste but also up to your uh, your feelings your mood of that, that particular day uh, for example um i can recommend a lavender perhaps if you if you feel like uh, uh, you need a little bit of relaxation time um you know a, a, probably a floral uh, relaxing uh, um, elements would would help to 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 be a little bit more relaxed and uh, and uh, perhaps after a long day in the office. if Maybe if you want something a little bit more energetic to pick me up, you could go for a ginger, which brings a little spiciness, um, which is very, very interesting as well. Or something citrusy, fresh in a hot summer day. So you can go for a bergamot or a grapefruit, which uh, which brings some uh, fresh uh, elements to your palate. Um, it really depends on... on uh, on the day, on your mood, on your feelings, really. That's, yeah. that's what makes it m- more interesting, I think. Uh,
0: and how many people have heard of the bergamot? Because that was the one that I tried when I came in. And this is a bitter that you put together yourself, is that right?
2: Yes, yes, that's right, that's right. So bergamot, obviously, is uh, our latest creation um, of uh, uh, our director of mixologist Agostino. Uh, bergamot ginseng, obviously, combines fresh uh, uh, citrusy flavors, a little bit of hearty and the rooty elements do the ginseng which is a uh, uh, a sort of uh, fresh uh concoction but also nice and energetic nice yeah it is a thing of beauty
0: and i recommend it, we'll go, yeah, try it. <laughs> um so is the martini the most popular cocktail in the bar is it the one that people ask for the most
2: well um we get we get a lot asked for a martini uh, obviously it's our signature drink so uh, people come in purpose to 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 try our martini, uh, and that's and that's we are pr- very proud of it. Uh, to be honest, then obviously there are the the, the classics we which uh, are classic for a reason, like the old fashioned or margaritas. Um, so they they all cocktails very very popular, but as well as uh, our our menu, which is divided in uh, in uh, three different categories, they are all signature from uh, from the corner, all uh, concoction created by by us by our bartenders
0: and how do you curate those menus how do you decide which goes on what makes the list
2: well uh, first of all we, we start by creating a, a concept right mm-hmm. um, this concept uh, has, has to fit in the in the venue uh, has to fit in in what we believe uh, in and, and according with that we start uh, we start building our menu for example the current menu is divided in, in three different uh, continents uh, in which we pick the best uh, forgotten classics, created in hotel bars. Um, those those drinks, um, we take those drinks, the original recipes, and we twist it. We 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 bring our contemporary, our personal touches to it, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's how, how we we came up with the with the latest menu. Um, in a couple of weeks, we will uh, come up with the, well, we will launch uh, a new concept which uh, um, I won't be able to tell you about it yet. Ah. But uh, but hopefully hopefully you'll be able to come and try in a couple of weeks.
0: And maybe um, it will be on your website as well, which will be the... the oh, yes. Yeah. So,
2: yes, indeed. Uh, the
0: canort.co.uk. The hyphen canort.co.uk. Um, everything will be in the show notes, so everyone head over to our website anyway, which is menswearstyle.co.uk, and we'll have some imagery and uh, a little bit of briefing news about what's coming up at the canort. And lastly how many uh, how many times have people asked you for a red eye
2: uh actually happens for probably once or twice oh. um, What, a no <laughs> just... no no once or twice in in my t- 10 year, 10 years of bartending career right um, so it's a, it's a very weird concoction, so you don't get to ask <laughs> very often for it,
0: yeah, but uh, no one re- no one mentions Tom Cruise from cocktail or anything like that
2: no, uh, no, no. no, normally some uh, some um, people that uh, ask to cure them go over that's that's the only <laughs> the only thing um <laughs> but for the rest, you know, and again I, I've done it probably once or twice, and i, I was surprised even me making it, so <laughs> oh. it was, well, uh, I'll have
0: to surprise you again when I come in next time because I really fancy one.
2: You like that? I've
0: never tried one. I've, I've never tried okay. a Red Eye. I always feel a little bit too um, uh, embarrassed to ask. <laughs> well, <laughs> no.
2: you, you don't have to, so next time I'll make you one then. Fantastic.
0: How many times have you seen Cocktail?
2: Um... Two, two times, I believe. One, when he, I was very young, well, it was probably the first time. And, uh, and the second time was uh, when I started already bartending, which was about five, six years ago, I think, the last time i seen it. Right. <laughs> and do you like it? Oh, yes, it's great.
0: Walter Pintus there, head barman from the Connaught Hotel. There's been a lot of talk about the Vespa Martini on this show already, so I thought I'd play you this little clip from Casino Royale.
1: barman over, please. Mm. Dry martini.
0: Oui, monsieur.
1: Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quino lily, shake it over rice, and then add a thin slice of lemon peel.
2: Yes, sir. You know, I'll have one of those. So will I. It's not that lame. My friend, bring me one as well.
1: Keep the fruit. That's it. Hmm?
0: That's the cocktail straight out of the book Casino Royale, eventually making its way into the celluloid version um, with Daniel Craig. Invented by Ian Fleming, who actually took pages from his real life. Um, he tried to bankrupt global terrorism by winning a game of high stakes poker against the Nazis at the time, um, but eventually he lost it all the money and ended up funding global terrorism or the Third Reich, however you want to view it. Uh, allegedly, I should say. Anyway. Uh, I digress. Where was I? Oh, yes. Mixology. Here to get some sexy facts about the etymology of aperitifs is our very own Raquel Marici. We're talking again to Raquel Marici. How are you doing, Raquel?
3: Hi, Peter. I'm good, thanks. How
0: are you? I'm wonderful. So you're out in Milan, right? I am. Okay. Uh, You're going to have to tell me a little bit about the drinking culture of Milan and uh, what kind of cocktails are in vogue out there. What's the aperitif?
3: Um, So... In Milan, it's a big culture here to after work, usually sort of between six and nine, um, to go for an aperitivo. And um, I believe it started actually in Torino, which is about an hour away from Milan, um, in sort of like 1700s. And then the founder of Campari, um, the, cocktail, the um, alcohol Campari, um, brought it to Milan. And then um, in sort of like 1920s, I believe it became a thing that they would serve it with food just before a dinner um interestingly the word actually comes from the latin word um aparide, um which means to open and um so they're saying it's a way to open your appetite mm. um some people kind of exploit the aperitivo culture a little bit and use it as like a way to go and actually have your dinner because in some places you do get like a buffet of food and it really is that simple that you just pay for your cocktail of choice um anything sort of between 10 to 12 euros and then with that you get like a complete platter of food um
0: i've heard about this actually yeah 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 And uh, the last trip that i went to i was hunting these places down but i couldn't find them anywhere they kind of oh. squirreled away on back alleys is it, is it a commercial yeah. thing
3: no it's, it's in most bars most bars you'll find it it, it really does depend there is some that are really Hot on their aperitivo, there's a few, you know, you, you know, you need to know the places of where to go. And then there's also the smaller bars which just serve you kind of like crisps and olives and you know a real, a real finger food. But then there's also the designer bars, you know, places like Armani and Bulgari, and you actually in effect you go in, you go in, you leave more hungry than you went in, um <laughs> because you will just get given like a small plate of food and you'll spend something more like 20 25 euros on the cocktail. Right um but it's more of a culture thing it's 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 a social thing it's not a way to just to go and have your dinner um and commonly you'll have like a spritz um or a negroni more Mm -hmm. of the bitter side bitter drinks um because they do derive from campari so um but you can have almost any drink you can have a wine or uh, or any other cocktail like a i don't know mojito or something like that
0: well it's open season really once you introduce a cocktail before dinner everyone uh, absolutely but, yeah i absolutely. had heard, i had heard negroni in fact that's what got me into negronis was i was doing a restaurant review and they said would you like an aperitif and i kind of said sure <laughs> and then he introduced <laughs> the negroni and told me about how this like you said uh, is like the unlocking of the appetite to introduce the stomach to uh, what's about to come and absolutely. i think they said negroni was pretty much the very first one that did that and
3: it is. I mean, that's a very bitter, very bitter drink, the Negroni. I mean, I, I personally don't like it. It's, it's, a bit too, it's a bit too strong for my liking. It's um, goddamn beautiful. It is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, one of the, it's, it's my go-to drink, actually, the, the Negroni's, the cocktails. If, uh, if you're a London-centric, you should head down Bernardi's uh, yeah. in Marleybone because they have an entire Negroni menu.
3: Really? So yeah. just dedicated Negroni. Mm-hmm. There is actually a lot of ways. In fact, I did a project with Campari a few years ago and went to the Campari Gallery um, here in Milan and did cocktail making with them. Did a little bit of mixology, and there was there was um, t- so many cocktails you can make with from the Negroni. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good base to start from.
3: Absolutely. So do you um,
0: have a do you have a personal favourite?
3: um a, a bar you mean or a cocktail oh both um i really like it and drink wise i like an apadol spritz because it's done with apadol which is not as not as strong as as campari um and then mixed in with that is um i believe in fact i'm not 100 sure soda and um prosecco so mm-hmm. it's a bit sweeter yep, you're and right. that's really nice in the summertime when you, and it's refreshing um places in, in milan um, there's a place called Fonderie Milanese, which is in the south of Milan, sort of near Navilli, which is where the canals are, and um, which is tucked away and it looks like an industrial estate, but it's, you, you have the best aperitivo there. You actually don't, you go home completely full. You, it, it, I use it as my dinner. Um, and it's got a nice little garden out the back. It's quite a rustic place. Um, and also there is, um, Barbasso, which is. The oldest bar in milan and oh. the way they make the um negronis there is that they're in huge glasses because when they first started making them they had the ice cubes to put in there but the ice cubes were made really big and they had no way of cutting the ice cubes so instead of being able to cut the ice cubes they made the glasses bigger <laughs> so these glasses are huge and they're really heavy but it's all part of the experience and you know it's a really old bar so that that's a nice place to go as well
0: fantastic brilliant Raquel uh, I'm I'm anchoring for a drink now. I'm actually yeah. celebrating. I'm going to have to uh, raid my dad's uh, drinks cabinet, I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Again. Well, enjoy that one. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Okay, great. Thanks, Raquel. Speak to you soon.
3: Thanks very much.
0: Cheers. Thanks, bye. bye. Thank you, Raquel Marici. And thank you to all of our guests this week, Walter Pintus, Andy Shannon, and thank you for listening. If you do like what you hear, do subscribe, tell a friend, leave a comment. It all helps, and it will help me stay in a job.